The trade for Sean Murphy was pretty clearly the Braves' best move of the offseason, but was it also one of their worst moves? On today's podcast, we'll discuss the best and worst offseason moves for the Atlanta Braves as spring training is ready to get underway. All of that on this episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. And welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, your team every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my website, shortstopball.com, where you can see some of my written work and see some of my other work as well. Covering college baseball again this season with College Baseball Nation. That season kicks off this Friday, so looking forward to that. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have. For the podcast, always enjoy hearing from you, the listener. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We are back. Uh, We are back to five days a week. It really is your team every day here on Lockdown Braves as spring training gears up. So looking forward to that. Have a couple of notes from spring training later in the podcast. But primarily today, we're going to talk about the best moves and the worst moves of the offseason for the Atlanta Braves. So really looking forward to getting into that discussion and going through some of your comments as well as I I would say the Braves were pretty active this offseason, but not a ton of huge moves. Uh, But I do think we have some that we can discuss here. Before we do, though, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So getting started with today's podcast, we're going to talk about the best moves of the offseason. And as I said in the open, trading for Sean Murphy is the best move of the offseason. Not only was the best move for the Braves, it was also one of the biggest trades and biggest moves of the offseason. Weren't a ton of huge trades this past offseason. A lot of big free agent signings, which uh, the Braves missed the boat on that for sure. But trading for Sean Murphy... I think is the best move of the offseason for the Braves. If you let me, uh, you, you want to let me know your thoughts in the comment as in the comments section, whether in chat or if you're watching this video in YouTube on replay, would love to hear from you your thoughts on this move. But you did have to give up a lot. You had to give up William Contreras, Kyle Muller, Freddie Tarnock, Roger Salinas, Justin Yeager, and Manny Pena in the deal. But what you get is an elite defender. And I just mentioned my website, shorts.ball.com. I wrote a a full in-depth article talking about the true value of Sean Murphy and what he's going to bring to the team in 2023 and beyond. Because when you talk about this move, you also have to consider that the Braves locked him up for six years. They now have a one of the best catchers in all of baseball going into their prime and the Braves locked him up for six years. I think you have to consider that too when talking about the strength of this move and it being the best move for the Braves. But what Sean Murphy brings to the team is he's an elite pitch framer. He's an elite, has an elite arm behind the plate as well. And he's one of the best at blocking balls in the dirt. All of those will add up to run save for the Braves 
going forward. And that just, you know, makes the pitching staff, which was already good, even better. Travis Darno, who would become one of the best catchers in all of baseball. Now, you know, you have two guys back there that you can trust every day. And as great as William Contreras was last year at the plate, and I thought he made strides defensively, and perhaps he still does with Milwaukee, he's nowhere near the level of what a Sean Murphy is already. Um, and that's pretty clear in the numbers. Again, you read that article that I posted on my website. Nowhere close to where Sean Murphy is defensively. So that's going to be a huge upgrade. It's not It's not something that's always going to show to, from a fan's perspective when they're watching a game. But trust me, getting Sean Murphy saves a lot of runs defensively. His bat you know, got was a, just unbelievable in the second half of last year. And you hope that that continues that he's getting better with the bat you know i've mentioned this before sometimes catchers who are you know so focused on the defensive part of the game when they come up which is the most important thing for them that it takes a while for their bat to come around perhaps that's something we're seeing with sean murphy so again elite elite defender behind the plate which is what the braves want especially with the new rules that are coming into place where we could see more stolen bases to have somebody back there with an elite arm that can block balls up as well to keep runners from advancing advancing bases i just think that's going to be highly significant and perhaps an even forward-thinking move here for the braves by going out and get somebody like sean murphy now I'm not going to mention this when I talk about the worst moves, but I do want to to go ahead and just talk about it here. While I do love the move for Sean Murphy, it also created a hole, I think, in the Braves roster because William Contreras, if you didn't think he was going to be able to stick behind the plate as a catcher, I think he was pretty obvious choice to be a very good DH for the team. And now with him gone, there's a pretty big hole at DH. Now, DH is a hole that you can you'll feel pretty easily the Braves haven't a lot of that because of Marcelo Zuna but you know as great as the trade for Sean Murphy was I do think that it created a hole because you already had a really good catching tandem with Darno and with Contreras but Contreras again if you didn't think he was a catcher long term at the very least he could have been a very big in the DH spot and now you don't have that now you have a question at the DH position but still the Sean Murphy move that is the best move of the offseason for me. Now, a couple of other sneaky offseason moves. I really like the signing of Nick Anderson to a non-guaranteed split contract. That's one of my favorite moves of the offseason. Through 87 and a third career innings for Nick Anderson, he has a 2.89 ERA and a 0.962 whip, a walk per nine under three at 2.4, and a K per nine of 14.1. I mean, we are talking about any elite reliever when he's been healthy. Now, he hasn't pitched a lot, you know, in previous years. He'll turn 33 in July. The fastball started to tick down a bit even before the injury in 2021. He missed all of last season. So, again, don't get your hopes up too much. But when healthy, especially in 2019 with the Rays, was an elite reliever, and his curveball is just absolutely Filthy in the 2019 and 2020 seasons, that curveball had a whip percentage over 50%, which is just again ridiculous. So, if healthy, this could be a huge steal for the Braves and the bullpen and become another valuable arm in what figures to be a very, very deep 
bullpen. Another sneaky offseason move that I liked is trading Caleb Durbin and Indigo Diaz for Lucas Litke from the Yankees. Uh, Litke's been great for the Yankees kind of quietly the last two seasons, an ERA of 274 and 276 respectively over the last two years. Dur- during that time, and this is big, he's a lefty, 229, 281, 324 slash line against lefty hitters and 185 plate appearances. Good control, a walk per nine under three, a K per nine over nine. That's exactly what you're looking for. Uh, he's somebody you can bring into sixth, seventh inning when the team, other team has a couple of lefties coming up, and you can feel pretty good about your chances of him getting through that inning. So I really like that move. Yeah, Indigo Diaz was kind of tough to lose if he ever lo- if he ever can gains the command he could become a really nice piece in a bullpen but going out getting somewhat of a known commodity even if he was under the radar and i don't know how you go under the radar in new york with the yankees but i think that was a very sneaky pickup there another good offseason move that i like is signing kevin pillar to a minor league contract the braves told him and there was a lot of stuff about pillar on the first day or on monday when a lot of players reported to camp about how excited he is and geared up and ready to go and how the Braves told him, you know, it's an opportunity at a real job. He's not just going to be a body there taking up space. They told him he'd have an opportunity to really, you know, get on the roster. And he's, you know, said he was excited about that, that opportunity to come in with a great franchise and all that. And it was our, our first taste of, you know, excited to go best shape of my life type of thing for spring training. But I, I love the move. I don't know if he'll make the team out of camp but i hope they're able to keep him around and keep him for some minor league depth you know last year he only played four games at the big league levels got hurt at triple a though he was really good at three 315 average 10 home runs um but in 2021 with the mets had a 692 ops in 124 games so again not somebody that's going to come in and set the world on fire but i think it's great depth it's great veteran depth and I think at the very least, he could become a very solid veteran presence in the clubhouse, maybe filling that role that you lose with Guillermo Heredia going away. Now it's a lot less swords and a lot more in-game pep talks, advice from a guy who's was an everyday player at the big league level for six-plus years. So I like the move to go get Kevin Pilar again. Hopefully they're able to, to keep him around if he doesn't make the roster out of spring training and i think he's kind of down the depth chart in my opinion at this point but love having him you know in the clubhouse around the team now in spring training and you know hopefully he gets the chance to stick around because i just think he could have a a great influence on some of those outfielders somebody who was a really good defensive outfielder you know early in his career has declined as he's gotten to his 30s but certainly more than capable of backing up all three outfield positions so those are some of my favorite moves of the offseason. Again, let me know yours in the comment section below. And there's not really a move this offseason that I don't like. However, I do want to give you some that I think give me a little bit of concern going forward. We'll discuss those next. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a built Bar. We just got through the holidays. And I know my goal is always to eat a little healthier. And if you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise the taste, then I've got the thing just for you. You got to try Built Bar. With Built Bar, healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. Again, perfect for a New Year's resolution if you still have yours going. 
What makes Bill Bar so good? They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Why wouldn't you like that? And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. And I'm not sure how Built Bar does it, but go check out the macros on these things. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's kind of the reaction I had when I was looking at Nick Anderson's career stat line. It's amazing. And now you don't need to wait around and get a box. We've been telling you for years how you can go to Built.com to order you a box of Built Bars. You can still do that, but now they are available at Walmart or Sam's Club. You can go to Walmart, pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. Cookies and cream is my personal favorite. Or you can go to Sam's Club and grab yourself a 13-bar box with flavors like brownie batter and churro. However you want to get them, make sure you go, go out and get yourself a box of Built Bars today. Now, if you haven't checked it out, make sure you go listen to Monday's podcast I did with Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects. We went over the top five prospects, my top five prospects, based on upside in the Brave system. It's a lot of fun, a great discussion with Lindsey, who is obviously very knowledgeable about the Braves farm system. Is he the Braves fan? himself uh, but just very good in general on all prospects so if you haven't given that a listen make sure you go back and do so really great episode there but going forward we are strictly in 2023 season mode after today's episode reviewing the offseason we are you know players are arriving in camp we're getting ready for spring training we're getting ready for spring training games and opening day so here going forward it's going to be a lot of 2023 content previewing the upcoming season but Today, we put a bow on everything, looking at the best and worst moves of the offseason. We talked about the best moves already. Now, I'm going to give you some of the worst moves of the offseason. And I say that, you know, I don't really hate any of the moves that Alex Anthopoulos made this offseason. None of these moves, I think, were bad moves, you know, for 2023. But the one move that kind of still has me scratching my head a little bit is the move to trade Justin Henry Malloy and Jake Higginbotham to the Tigers for Joe Jimenez. And it's not that I don't like Jimenez and that I don't think he'll be a solid setup guy. I think he will. He has a, a big fastball and a wipeout slider, someone who just turned 28. My biggest problem with the deal, and I think, and, and I made this point when the trade went down, I think this makes the Braves a better team in 2023. But my biggest hangup with this deal is that you traded your best hitting prospect, perhaps your best prospect overall, one of your best trade chips, and perhaps somebody who could feel a feel a need in left field pretty soon. Now, I say all that knowing that I'm not someone who was very high on Justin Henry Malloy. I didn't particularly love the swing, and I, he didn't look great in left field. Granted, that was his first year with the Braves trying him out there. It's not like he couldn't have gotten better, and it's not like he's probably going to be much worse than whoever they're going to throw out there this year but I do I do love the the hit tool and I think he's going to hit and he's going to get on base but I don't I didn't necessarily love Justin Henry Malloy I just didn't love giving up that for one year rental of a setup man and a very good setup man and Joe Jimenez don't get me wrong it makes the Braves better for 2023 I do truly believe that but it just it seemed like a high price for me for one year. If you were getting two years of him, I'd have feel, felt a, a ton better about the move. But for one year of a guy, you gave up maybe your best prospect 
for sure one of your best trade chips. Like if the Braves didn't believe in Justin Henry Malloy, I got to think they could have gotten somebody with a little bit more control in a trade for him. And and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know what the industry, you know, necessarily viewed of Justin Henry Malloy. I know the Tigers were very happy to get him and it was somebody that they really targeted in this trade. And when you look at it from the Tigers point of view and how they, they viewed that deal, they were thrilled to get Justin Henry Malloy and they really believe in the bat. Again, he's not somebody that I was high of. If I, you know, if I were ranking the Braves system with Justin Henry Malloy in it, he probably would have been in the back half of my top 10. But again, just it seemed like a high price for one year of a setup man. Uh, when you can go out and get a Nick Anderson on a split contract who could potentially be just as good as Joe Jimenez. So he comes back healthy and like he was before. So Again, I don't hate the deal. I didn't hate any of the deals that Alex Anthopoulos made this offseason, but that was one to me that I'm just I'm still a little curious about, and I'm I'm wondering if it hurts the Braves more in the long term. Another one that's a possibly a bad move is the move you didn't make. There were some on on Twitter. I know Jared Vickery on Twitter said not getting bringing Dansby Swanson back is his worst move of the offseason, and. Like, I would have loved to have Dansby back. I've been saying for years I want him to become the future shortstop of the Braves, and I wish they could have locked him up. But at that price, it just it did not make sense for the Braves to even entertain something close to that. Um, now, should they have should they have countered at 130? Did they? We don't know. And would that have been enough to keep Dansby in Atlanta? You know, these are questions we'll, we'll most likely always have. But the biggest thing for me is not getting some real insurance for Vaughn Grissom. And look, a lot of you have been telling me as well, you know, believe in Vaughn, and I, I do. And I've, I've said even last year, going back to last year, I said it's too he's too young, it's too early to give up on this kid being able to handle the shortstop position. So I'm certainly not saying he can't do it, and I'm certainly not saying I don't believe that he can do it. In fact, one of the stories on the first day of a lot of players being there on Monday for Mark Bowman at MLB talking again to Ron Washington and how Ron Washington believes that Von Grissom can get it done. And certainly we're putting a lot of faith and trust in Ron Washington in all of this and Von Grissom as well. But even so, not going out and getting some insurance in case things don't work out, I think that has the potential to backfire on the Braves a little bit. Yes, you have Orlando Arcia, but let's say Von Grissom's not ready in spring training and you have to start Orlando Arcia. Then Adrianza is your backup and your bench player. And look, I'm going to be honest, it's a short sample size. I watched almost all of Venezuela's games in the Caribbean series. Orlando Arcia did not look great defensively at shortstop to me. And again, small sample size. I think he'll be fine. I think he has the potential to be average from the day's when I watched them in Milwaukee, but I just, I don't, I, I, I love Arcia in the bench role that he played for, for most of last year before Ozzy Albies got hurt. And I, I would prefer him to stay in that role. And I think the Braves would as well, but if Grissom isn't ready, Arcia has to be your guy right now. And I just don't, I don't love that as a fallback. And then moving Adrianza to the bench. I don't love that either. Or Braden Shoemake. You know, those are your options right now. And perhaps they still go out and get somebody, you know, Iglesias, Andrews, Simba. They're all still out there and available and I think would help 
create some some depth and insurance there at the shortstop position, but certainly don't want Adrianza taking long-term reps at shortstop. You know, Shoemake is probably, or I believe he is, the best of all of them defensively, but I have no confidence that he's going to be able to hit at the big league level. So I just don't, I don't like the depth if things don't work out with Vaughn Grissom. I think they're putting a lot of eggs in that basket that Vaughn Grissom is going to be the guy, and hopefully he is. And I'm not saying he can't be. We need to see it. And even as Ron Washington said, we're not handing him the job. He's got to go out and win it. I just worry if he can't, what's the what's the fallback? And I see Doc's Card's comments uh, from what Washington said on Monday, who said, just watch. And I can't wait to watch him. Look, I'm I'm excited about Vaughn Grissom. I hope he is the man. I hope he becomes the long-term shortstop for the Braves. Again, I just worry a little bit about that middle infield depth if things don't work out, or if they do and Grissom gets injured. You know, is Arcia a long-term solution at shortstop at this point? I know Adrianza isn't, and I'm pretty sure Braden Shoemake isn't. So I would love it if they were able to go out and get, you know, Iglesias and Andrews or even an Andrelton Simmons on a on a small deal. Maybe Simba, you can even get him on a minor league deal at this point. Uh, if they could just even do that to give somebody that you know will at least handle position defensively and can bat ninth in your order, which is probably what Von Grissom's going to do anyway, would make me feel a whole lot better going into the season. But again, there's nothing that Alex Anthopoulos did this offseason that I just absolutely hate. But those are the two things in particular that worry me a little bit. The long-term cost of giving up Justin Henry Malloy for one year of Joe Jimenez and then not getting some insurance at the shortstop position behind Von Grissom. All right, we did have a little bit of news on Monday pertaining to some rules, not necessarily rules changes, but rules that are going to stay in place and then obviously some update from Braves camp. We'll talk about those next. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and, 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 threes, and threes drained as well if you're into the NBA action. Or you can go ahead and get ready for the MLB season, betting on NL Rookie of the Year, MVP, Cy Young, all of the major awards. They have bets on those and odds up on those already. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Getting into a little bit of the news, uh, news that we got from Monday, Major League Baseball announced that the ghost runner in extra innings will become a permanent rule going forward in the regular season. And I know a lot of fans don't like this. I can go either way with it. I don't hate it. I do like the fact that, you know, it speeds things up a little bit in the extra innings. You know, I do. I'm glad it's pertaining to just regular season. I would never want to see this in the postseason. I wish they would have gone at least one more inning with, you know, quote-unquote regular rules before going to the ghost runner. But 
in my view, it's not a huge deal. I know a lot of fans aren't really happy about it. You know, I don't, I don't love it. I'd be certainly would be okay if they did away with it, but I understand you got people, you know, a lot of fans are emptying out the stadium. A lot of fans are turning off the TV when baseball games go to extra innings. So I certainly understand that side of it. Again, I wish they would have gone another inning or two before they implemented the rule in extra innings. And then the other thing is that position players can only pitch in extra innings in the ninth inning when a leading when the leading team is up 10 or more or any time when a team is trailing by eight or more. Uh, this to try to reduce the number of position players pitching, which I'm a big fan of this. Again, I'm sure there's some fans who don't like this. A lot of fans who enjoy seeing Albert Pujols get on the mound and throw 45 miles an hour. I think it's a disgrace to the game personally. So I'm glad to see them doing something about this. Um, you can't tell me you can't get Steven Jackson to come in and throw an inning or two uh, to get through a game. I just I think that's a little bit ridiculous. Again, it's not a rule I really care too much for either way. But uh, again, I'm not huge on position players coming in there and just if you're going to come in, you know, at least come in like Charlie Culbertson and and throw hard and try. Uh, what really just kills me is the you know the D Gordons last year who were just coming in, throwing rainbows. That to me is just makes a mockery of the game in my opinion. But if you disagree, let me know. Um, as far as some Braves news, Chipper Jones is expected to be part of the coaching staff again in 2023, expected to be there around February 27th. He had set out the previous couple of years because of a mandate for coaches to be vaccinated. I think this is huge news to get Chipper Jones back in the clubhouse, working with hitters. I think that's going to be fantastic. Whatever your your thoughts are on Chipper Jones and his you know off-field thoughts and ideas, he is completely one of the best when it comes to hitting and talking about hitting. So I'm excited to have him back as a coach, working with the players. Seven spring training games will be on TV, and they are expected to have the new play-by-play person for those games. So we likely get that announcement within the next week or two. The first televised game isn't until March 10th, so technically we don't have to hear something until that date, but got to imagine they probably wrap that up by the end of the month. And a lot of players arriving to camp. Ronald Acuna Jr. among them. Um, there were some ridiculous tweets going around over the weekend about Ronald Acuna Jr. that I don't want to give light to and give attention to, but I think you can put all of those to rest. He's there early. Of course, he's he's supposed to be there a little bit earlier than others as he gears up for the World Baseball Classic, but glad to see him in there. Teammates talking about how he's going to have a monster year. Just I say it every time. Please, please let this man stay healthy for an entire year. All right, getting to some of the comments in the chat section. Sutton Tillery says his best move is Sean Murphy trade. The worst was the Jordan Luplo. I didn't mind the Jordan Luplo. Gives you know a right-handed masher, but... You know, there were probably better right-handed options out there, and I know a lot of people wanted Adam Duvall. He got pretty serious money from the Red Sox, though. Uh, Kate Chavers says, Sean Murphy, best, Sam Hilliard, the worst. Um, you know, Not like they gave anything up, you know, much up for Sam Hilliard, so kind of hard to, to judge that one. AG7 says, once Danby wasn't returning, I think not signing a stopgap shortstop could be a smart move by giving Gr- Grissom a confidence boost. And I think that's part of it. While they haven't gone out and signed an Andrews or an Iglesias or somebody else as an insurance is, you know, what does that do to the confidence of Grissom? I don't know, but still, I would have liked to have had a little bit more insurance there and perhaps they can go out and get some 
somebody like that at, at any point uh, throughout the season. Um, but, uh, yeah, you might be right. Perhaps they were worried about what that would do to, to Grissom, who's already has somebody in-house in Arcia that he has to compete for. Joshua Naysworth says, I think some Murphy – I think Sean Murphy was the best move this offseason, no doubt, hands down. He is a great player coming to his hometown, Atlanta Braves, uh, and getting our hometown hero to replace Dansby Swanson. I don't think Sean Murphy's from um, the area, but uh, I do certainly think it was a great move, hands down, like you said. AG7, not adding one more, one of the many free agent outfielders to a reasonable deal is the worst move. Yeah, I would have loved to seen them get Andrew Benintendi. That was kind of my guy going into the offseason, even a Michael Conforto. Um, again, I said this when I gave my grade for the offseason. If you haven't listened to that, you can go back and do so, which I gave him a B- minus because I said coming into the offseason, the team was good as is, and I understand that, but I felt like you had to make a big move at either shortstop or left field, and they didn't either of those, so I certainly can't agree with that. Cade Chavers, did you see those Acuna trade rumors? That's kind of what I was uh, alluding to earlier. I think that's all nonsense. In fact, the person who put out that false information has since deleted their account, and hopefully we can delete all those tweets because uh, it was just ridiculous. Hines says, best move is Sean Murphy. Worst move, Colby Allard. Dealing Jake Odorizzi was good, but I'd rather have their number 30 prospect than Colby. Uh, there's a reason why we traded him before. I actually thought about putting that as one of my worst moves, but in the end, I just think that's kind of a wash. Um, I wish they could have gotten a little bit more for Jake Odorizzi in terms of money. Uh, I felt like they paid 10 of 12 million there. I was hoping they could have eaten a little bit more money with that contract, but that's kind of just a wash move for me. But I did think about that one as one of my worst. I don't, certainly didn't love it. Uh, Corey Carmichael, Darno was a great consistent hitter for DH last year, getting bases, winning games. I just, I worry with. I worry with how much Travis Darno and Sean Murphy are actually going to DH. If they have to take a lot, you know, the majority of the DH spots, I don't know if that's a great look for the Braves DH position. Yes, they're both good hitting catchers. Are they great DH hitters? Um, I'm not sure. So we'll have to see how that plays out. AG7 says pretty much all the bullpen moves look like good additions. Hopefully Jimenez justifies trading Malloy. I hope so. Again, I think Jimenez is going to be great. I think he's probably going to be, you know, your seventh, eighth inning guy, depending on situation with AJ Minter. So I I think Jimenez, you know, I like I love getting him. I just thought the price was pretty high. Um Sutton Tillery, Murphy, Jimenez, and and look Licky were the best um docs cards in Alex Anthopoulos. We trust, certainly do. Hines says, what do you who do you what do you consider our reliever roles? I see Iglesias is a closer, high leverage guys, mentor Jimenez, McHugh, Lee, potentially Nick Anderson, middle innings, um, guys like Yates, Litkey, and then long relievers like Stevens, Chavez, and Dennis Santana. I think it's exactly how you laid it out. I think, and again, like I just said a minute ago, I think it'll be Jimenez and Mentor for the seventh and eighth innings, depending on matchups, and then Iglesias in the ninth. I think that is your, you know, game seven of a World Series and you're trying to close it out the last three innings, I think those are the guys that you go to. And then I think in those middle innings, high leverage innings, you know, sixth, seventh innings, I think you go to Colin McHugh, uh, Dylan Lee, you know, again, based on matchups. I think Litkey, you know, can go in there for some lefty matchups as well. Um, you know, and Nick Anderson from the right-handed side, Kirby Yates as well. Hopefully he has a, back, a bounce back season. And then I think it's either Stevens or Chavez for kind of that long reliever role. So I think you, you nailed it. 
Uh, Sutton Tillery says, cut Ozuna. We'll see what happens in spring training. I'm, I'm really curious to see what Ozuna looks like in spring training. And if he just looks absolutely terrible, the Braves do even carry him into the season. They've hung on to him this long. I kind of think they will. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see you know what goes on with Ozuna this spring training. Um, AG7 says, I think trading Malloy shows the Braves weren't confident in him moving to outfield since first and third or occupied still if you move though yeah again it was his first time really trying out left field and again my first look at him in person he was not a left fielder and it was awkward out there so i can understand if they just thought they weren't going to be able to turn him to turn him into a legitimate left fielder defensively but i do i did like the bat and like you said first and third are are taken at the moment again i just thought you know, giving up one of your best prospects, your best trade chips, and I get it, the Braves farm system isn't great. So even in being one of the best, you know, prospects in the Braves system might not mean a lot, but I thought it would mean more than one year of a setup, man. Kate Shaver says, should have signed Matt Moore instead of trading for Jimenez. Matt Moore, I like Matt Moore. We talked about this, you know, last week when I had um, Grant McCauley on the podcast for the mailbag. Can't believe Matt Moore is still out there, but a little bit of a difference there. Matt Moore, you know, more of a lefty kind of specialist. Yeah, he could probably come in and be a setup man. Jimenez is going to be good, um, no doubt. I think he's going to be one of your best setup men. Doug says, I think they should have signed Andrews just for insurance. That one more piece that could save the day if an injury occurs or Grissom struggles. I agree with that. I think Andrews is probably looking for a starting job and starting money somewhere, and it's probably not coming. Um, so if they could get him on a small deal, and you know, at least put him on the bench. Sutton Tillery says Jose Iglesias could be a good move. Again, I agree. If you can get either one of those, you know, on a really small, you know, one-year deal, perhaps at this point, maybe maybe even a minor league deal, uh, I would love that for the insurance. Joshua Naysworth says, I was told again by the Braves versus Grissom is the future. And yes, he is the future of the Atlanta Braves, but right now that shortstop position, it's going to be Orlando Arcia. Um, I think it's I think it's Grissom's to lose. Again, I, I just think, look, I, I don't want to dog on Orlando Arcia. He was batting eighth and ninth for the Venezuelan B team. You know, not the Venezuelan team you're going to see in the WBC, but the Venezuelan team in the Caribbean series where you probably haven't heard of anybody else on this roster, and he was batting eighth or ninth for that team. I love Arcia. I love him in the role, the Mitch role that he played last year. I just don't think he's going to be a starting shortstop anymore at this level. AG7, do you think Shoemake and Simba at this point in his career are pretty much the same player, solid defense, and no bad? I'd I'd probably somewhat agree with that. Granted, I haven't seen a lot of Shoemake, so I'm going a lot of based off lot based off what I've heard about him. It's that he can play solid defense at a lot of different positions. The bat just isn't there right now. And I'm, you could probably say that the same for Andrelton Simmons at this moment. Uh, Doug uh, Count says the ghost runner rule is bushly garbage. I hate it. Manfred and the Players Union uh, don't listen to the fans too much. Miguel Freya, hey Jake, I hate Alex Anthopoulos because he traded Contreras. Um, a lot of people still upset about the Contreras move. Again, love the move for Sean Murphy. It did create a hole at DH, in my opinion. Doc's cards. How about after 12 innings, it's a home run derby. Uh, that would be exciting as well, but no, I'm, I would rather take what they have now. Uh, but the Braves would Braves would do much better at that. I tweeted it out on Monday. I think they're like 9-16 and 16 in the last few years in extra inning games. They would probably be much better than that 
if it went to a home run derby with the big bats they have. Uh, Matthew Carter talked about Bally Sports filing for bankruptcy. It's going to be a big story to watch this season as well. Kate Chavers, runner on second and extra innings. The first time I saw it uh, was like, what in the world is going on? And the Braves just can't seem to figure it out for whatever reason. They just are not great in extra inning games. Uh, Miguel Frias says, I still hate Capoella for trading Simmons and Kimbrell. Probably the right moves at the time, but Anderton Simmons, my favorite Braves player of all time. So that definitely still stings for me, especially because Sean Newcomb did not exactly turn out the way we had hoped. Um, Doc's cards. Can we get Andrew Jones into the Hall of Fame already? I hope so. Again, we talked about this when the Hall of Fame was announced. I think probably in two more years, he's going to be able to get in. I think he gets the vote. If not, I think he gets in on the Veterans uh, Committee one day. But he's starting to trend towards getting in, and I hope he does, and I think he will. Sutton Tillery, who do you think will be our everyday left fielder? I, I think that's Eddie Rosario's job to lose right now. Um, but there's certainly a lot of options there. I think it's going to be some sort of platoon combination, probably Rosario and maybe Jordan Luplo from the right side. I think we probably see a platoon out there to start the year. Um, Richard Ryle says, think Olsen will have a great year, less pressure this year. I am on that train 100%. I think it's going to be a big year for Matt Olsen. Antonio C. Sean Murphy, probably the best move, even though we didn't need a catcher. Worst move was not getting a left fielder or shortstop. I can agree with that. Sutton Tillery, who do you think is better, Kirby Yates or Nick Anderson? That's uh, both, both coming back from injury. I'd probably still say Nick Anderson, um, but we'll see. At least we got to watch some of Kirby Yates last year. This is going to be Nick Anderson not after not pitching at all uh, last season. So it's going to be a tough comeback for him. But if you had to, if I had to guess, and that's what you're asking me to do, I'd probably have more confidence in Nick Anderson being a good reliever this year than I do Kirby Yates. I honestly keep forgetting about Kirby Yates in the bullpen, and I hope I'm wrong, um, but that's just the feeling that I get right now. All right, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Braves. Thanks for making Locked on Braves your first listen of every day. We'll be back tomorrow talking about some more spring training action and all that's going on there as spring training gets going and more players are arriving at camp. It should be a lot of fun. Again, we are gearing up towards the start of the 2023 season now at this point. So a lot of this is going to be geared towards the coming up season. And in fact, tomorrow we're going to talk about next off season really quickly. We're going to talk about the biggest free agents in next off season's class, who the Braves could be targeting. So make sure that you come back and listen to that one. But again, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for making lockdown Braves your first listen. No, now go make your second listen to the lockdown sports today podcast, where they're talking about the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game, big game recaps. I'm sure they're covering that crazy Super Bowl finish on Sunday. So make sure you go check out Locked On Sports today. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. 
Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. <laughs> 